Hello and welcome to yet another Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago and today I had a very interesting episode planned. I wanted to speak about PodSqueeze, I wanted to speak about the Product Hunt launch and I thought I would mostly focus on those events. However, something really tragic and big has happened in the indie community. If you are part of our community, you probably already know what I'm talking about. If you are not, let me put you up to speed. Last week, our good friend, quote-unquote good friend, Elon Musk, decided to increase the prices of Twitter's API to absurd levels. 42k per month. Yeah, you heard it right. 42,000 dollars per month is the price of the new enterprise level. Of course that this will kill most of the indie tools that were built around Twitter. Tools like Hive.oe, like FeedHive, I mean it won't kill FeedHive, but at least the Twitter part of FeedHive, Blackmagic, and a lot, a lot more. This has been probably the biggest tragedy and I call it like this because it really feels like a tragedy that happened to the indie community, at least since I am part or an active member of this community. I will be focused on that in most of this episode. I'll still speak about the Product Hunt launch, don't worry. And as well, I will have here a conversation that I had with my good friend Luca, the founder of Hivoe. This is a hard conversation for him, for sure. Because everything is still very fresh. And it's just happening. It's still happening. As we are speaking, this is happening. And this can mean the end of all of his projects. All of his indie projects. So it's going to be an interesting conversation as well to understand how is he taking all of this in. How is this affecting him? And what are his thoughts around Twitter? That's what I have planned for you. It's going to be an intense episode, but I think it's going to be an important one. So let's get started with today's episode. I recently started watching Yo Soy Georgina. <laughs> I cannot even say this with a straight face. But it's true. It, the second season of So It's Georgina is out. And for the ones that do not know who Georgina is, it's okay. You don't need to. But if you really want to know, she is Cristiano's Ronaldo girlfriend. And she's like super rich, obviously. And basically, this is a Netflix documentary where she shares her life. It's kind of a reality show. And the reason why I watch it First of all, because I have nothing else to watch at the moment. And second is because somehow I like to see how the other half or this 1% of people live. Not half for sure, but the super, super rich people live. And is mind-blowing, right? When you have a jet and you basically wake up, decide to go to Paris for breakfast and then fly to Milan to go to some kind of show and then go back to your house in Madrid... This is a lifestyle that I cannot comprehend. It's a lifestyle that, to be honest, I, I don't think I want. But as well, I cannot comprehend. Because it's it's completely different world. So I normally have this kind of discussion with my friends and, and my partner. Which is, they often say that even though the super rich are living a great life, they also have a lot of problems. Problems related to they don't have privacy or they don't know if people are with them for the money. And they always say that the problems they have can be somehow compared with the problems of poor people. And I completely disagree. I really, really disagree with this. I, I totally understand that they might have problems as well and that their problems might be real in their minds, but I don't think it can be compared with problems that people have in poorer countries. 
And then we were discussing this back and forth, and I, I finally kind of came up to the reason why I think this is true. So I really believe that, and if you go and analyze the, um, the pyramid of Marco, the basically that, I think it's Marco, I, I hope I'm not saying it wrong, where basically you have in in the in the base you have like survival food then as it goes up the the needs that you need to satisfy are less urgent so first of all we need to satisfy our most urgent needs the needs that allow us to live right eating breathing getting water and there's unfortunately a lot of people that are still not able to satisfy those needs. There's a lot of people in a constant fight of survival. So for me, these kind of problems, obviously you cannot even compare. I mean, these people are always trying to survive, so they don't even get to feel, I guess, what depression is like or what uh, mental health is like. Because obviously they might have all of that, not, not, not denying that, but at the same time, they have bigger fish to catch, right? It's like you worrying about cancer when you have a bullet in your stomach. You know, yeah, you might die from cancer, but at the moment, the priority is to stop the bleeding. So what I wanted to say with this is that this is somehow how I was feeling. And this is maybe kind of a for, kind of far-fetched comparison, but this is how I would describe my current situation as an indie hacker. I am trying to survive. I, I'm, I'm not still in the point where I have the, the stress, the stress that you might have when you work for someone else, right? When I used to make 2K or 3K working for others, I, I did have other kind of stress, right? Maybe I was annoyed by my boss or I didn't want to go to work because the task I was assigned to was so boring. Those were real problems, problems that I had. But those were not survival problems. I would still have my salary in the end of the month and I would still have money to do whatever I wanted. Eat, get a house, rent, travel, all of this. Now, the moment, as an indie hacker, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to get enough money to reach the end of the month and be able to pay all my bills plus save. And that's been my life, as you know, because I've been narrating this life here. This has been my life for the past two years. Money has been a recurrent topic in this podcast. Some of you might be already annoyed that I'm always talking about it, but it is really important. It's it's somehow my water or my air, right? I need this to survive. I need this to continue being Andy Hacker. But about a month ago, things started to change rapidly. I launched Pod Squeeze together with my co-founder João. And the MRR has been growing like crazy, like something that I've never seen before. Something that even when I was sharing this and, and Mark LG from Power Important, he said that our MRR is growing faster than how Power Important's MRR grew. So imagine going from being in survival mode, trying to find water and everything, and suddenly you are living in a mansion. That, that's kind of how I feel at the moment. It's, it's, it's too fast. And I'm not complaining. I love it. I really love it. But now I have other problems, uh, which, again, I'm much rather having these problems than the survival problems. So I was feeling really anxious on Friday. But let me go back a little bit. Let, let me go back to the Product Hunt launch on Wednesday. I spoke with you in the night before the launch, right? I told you that I was about to launch and that I was going to sleep three hours. And our MRR back then was around $800. And I kind of made the prediction. I made the prediction that we would grow our MRR. In best case scenario, we would grow to around 2K. 
I told this to João, he didn't believe it. And to be honest, I didn't believe it myself. We launched the tool. And funny enough, uh, Product Hunt kind of changed the way they do their launches. So for the first two hours, you don't know what place you are in. You know that you have a few upvotes, but you cannot see because they, they want to try to make it somehow more fair. So when I'm launching my platform on this website, by the way, I, I realize there's some people don't know what Product Hunt is. So a quick side note, Product Hunt is a website where every day people launch their startups and you get a ranked based on the upvotes you have. And if you are in the top five, that's really good because you will have a lot of visibility. If you are in the top three, that's amazing. That's really amazing because it means that you are above the fold. And when people open this website, they will immediately see your tool. So I've been positioned five and four before with my projects, but never in the top three. So my goal, my goal was to be in the top three. I told you that was my goal. And we launched it and I was getting DMs to people, sending DMs to people. I was using Hivoe a lot for this. And, and a lot of people were voting, but I, I was not sure what was our position. And then at 10 a.m., my time, by the way, all the rankings showed up and we were position number two. I was really excited about this. It was the first time I was position number two. And then we got to position number one. So we were position number one for a long, long time. And eventually then we lost it. And in the end, we got position number two, which is really, really amazing. The traffic that we were able to generate in those hours was crazy. We got more than 1,500 visits. Just for you to understand, we have been having around 300, 350 visits per day. And suddenly we kind of tripled this. So I was very excited. I was really happy because... The whole infrastructure was perfect. We didn't have a lot of people complaining. Like everything was working fine. So by the way, that's also my suggestion. Do not share or do not launch your product on Product Hunt right away because you want to make sure that everything is ready, that your conversion is good, that people like the product, that there's no bugs because you don't have a lot of these opportunities. You can only launch once every six months or so. And in the first... In the first hours, we immediately were able to grow our MRR more than 300 bucks. And uh, the night before, João and I were just, João was, he just wanted to go to bed. And I was like, no, let me, because he's a designer, right? So he was adjusting the product on launch pictures. And I was telling him, like, just adjust this and adjust that, because I wanted people to understand that we were about to increase our prices. So we launched on, I think, was it, 30 of March or something, or 29 of March. And then in April, we increased our prices. So I wanted everyone to know this so that they would feel this FOMO and urgency to acquire the prices. And that really worked. People were so crazy and they were just like, we were just seeing notifications and notifications and notifications. And then we got number two. And the cool thing about being on the top of, uh, of this list, on the top three, is that it won't stop there. Product Hunt will, will share you. So they shared about us on LinkedIn. They shared about us on the newsletter the day, the day after. And they shared about us, I think, today as well. So the, the impact of this launch will have will last for like one week or so. So the cool thing about this is that in the end, we were able to grow from around $800 MRR to $2,000 MRR, which is somehow close to the prediction I had in the, at first. It's crazy. It's absolute crazy. So imagine me sitting down, having dinner with my partner, and I was feeling so anxious. I was feeling anxious because for the first time, I was living in a mansion instead of fighting for water or food. I saw the possibility of living from my projects for the first time. And it's not only about the money we're making, it's also about everything else. Suddenly my Twitter is growing like crazy. Suddenly I'm getting so many people following me on Twitter. Suddenly I'm getting amazing feedback about the product. People want the product. Like one of the feedback, one of the testimonials we got was this product 
might change my life. And, and for me, an indie maker, someone that wants to have an impact in the world and reading these kind of comments is overwhelming. So I was like feeling really anxious. I was feeling like I need to do everything. I cannot lose this. I was afraid and I'm still afraid that I, I might lose this because I know that this is a unique thing. What we just got here was a very unique thing. Jono. Jono is like super chilled. Super chilled. It's like, ah, no, it's okay. Um, at least he doesn't share that that much. It seems that it's always very nice, very chilled. But for me, I was really feeling overwhelmed. I couldn't sleep. I had like my my heart was racing. You know, this like anxiety. I was feeling anxiety on my chest. I'm feeling better now. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling much better. Um, at the same time, one of the reasons why I've been feeling like this is because of what happened with Twitter. So, just for you to understand, as I was having the best time of my indie life, a lot of my friends, my good friends, my indie friends, were having the worst of theirs. Because... Elon Musk. We knew that they were about to increase the prices of Twitter's API. And for the ones that are not developers, an API is software that allows you to interact with Twitter so that tools like HiveOE, FeedHive can schedule tweets or send DMs for you. These tools need an API, need a way to connect, need a way to somehow emulate the clicks that you normally do with your mouse. This has been free. This has been completely free since the beginning of Twitter. And this is a standard thing, actually. Normally, these kind of platforms, they make their APIs free because they want to create an ecosystem of tools around them because they want to bring more traffic. And Twitter has been stable for more than, I don't even know, like 10 years or so. So a lot of people were creating tools around it because they love the platform, because we do love this platform. But then Elon Musk bought Twitter. And at first we all thought, nah, it's okay. I mean, Elon is kind of crazy, but I, I love the guy. I thought he was really, really good. And suddenly he decided to increase the prices of this API to a value that makes no sense. Like literally makes no sense. So... I, I could explain this to you, but I think the best person to explain this to you is my good friend, Luca. Because Luca, together with a lot of other indie makers, has been tremendously affected by this. This changes, these API changes, the, the changes that literally were made from night to day will most likely kill all of his indie projects. The project that has been working for Two years. So this is really sad. And I've been feeling really sad about this. And yeah, I here's Luca. Let, let, let's, let's hear the conversation. What's up, Luca? How are you, man? Tough times, huh? Tough times. Yeah, I wanted to say all good, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, man, I... I feel bad. So I, at the same time, I'm like having the best moment in my career <laughs> in terms of building a product and like with crazy growth. And I am happy. But then I started seeing everything on, on Twitter and what, what was going on. And it's, you know, like when you see someone else, someone else dying, you know, at first you are in shock. And then second you think, okay, can this happen to me <laughs> kind of thing? Mm. You know, like someone has a heart attack or something like, whoa, that's crazy. And then you think, wait, shall I get my blood check? Mm. That's that's kind of what, what's kind of happening to me because um, I, I'm having this cool growth with pot squeeze and everything is going fine. And then suddenly from literally like, I guess one day to the other, I start seeing this happening with Twitter. Um, so like I'm, I was wondering how how was it for you? It was like were you expecting this? How was it? No, 
Not at all. I mean, we had some signals from from Elon and Twitter some, I would say, uh, three or four weeks ago. So they wanted to add a subscription plan to the Twitter APIs in order to access data of Twitter. Mm -hmm. That um, looked reasonable at that time because they were talking about $100 per month, right? So we yeah. thought, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a good amount of money for a subscription, but it's still sustainable if you're making a couple of thousands um, dollars MRR per month, right? Yeah. But then, I mean, it was completely different. So just last week, they announced that, yes, they would have added that, uh, that subscription plan, mm-hmm. but um, the limits um, to access the Twitter APIs were definitely lower compared to what we are used to we were used to have uh, for free until last week, basically. That means right. that all those products that were born around Twitter in order to provide, you know, scheduling and productivity tools and a lot of different, um, different features are not able to run anymore, even on the 100 bucks uh, subscription plan. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, the higher um, access level is the enterprise plan with the right. starting pricing of 42k dollars per month per so month from 100 yeah a month to 42k dollars this is ridiculous i i mean it's beyond ridiculous is unimaginable right it, it seems that if this was part of a movie it would be like come on that's super unrealistic that makes no sense kind of kind of thing right yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so just, okay, let's try to understand. You kind of explained the problem already, but it, it took me a while for me to to understand. So there are two kinds of requests, right? So you have the read and write. Um, and an app like yours, Hivoe, does it use more read, which means consuming the data from Twitter, or does it use more write, which I, I assume it is, writing tweets, changing something in the profile, etc. Well, it's much more complicated than that because you can access mm-hmm. to different kinds of resources on Twitter. So there are different um, endpoints, so ways to access data, uh, for instance, to consume tweets, so to mm-hmm. read tweets, to search tweets, to mm-hmm. post, so to create a tweet, and so on. Hivoy specifically doesn't use almost any feature related to tweets, but uses only the endpoints related to direct messages. So what I do is that I um, I write, I create a lot of uh, DMs, I read the DMs, and mm-hmm. I read the followers of, a, of an account. And all right. these, um, let's say, data entry points have different rate limits, which means that you can call, you can ask to Twitter, let's say, um, 15 times in a window of 15 minutes. So to simplify, let's say, once per minute, right? right. This was until last week. The new plan is you can um, request access data to, to Twitter um, five times in a window of 15 minutes. So it's definitely lower. Okay. And... A single application that you create can perform up to 500 requests per day. Is that the basic plan or is it like any yeah, plan? The basic plan with uh, for uh, $100 per month. Okay. 500 requests. How how many requests would you use uh, normally with Ivoe? I don't know, 20,000 per day and stuff like that. 20,000? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Right, so obviously it's it's a much more complex API than uh, than for instance OpenA, OpenAI API, which is quite simple. This one has a lot of limitations. Is there any app, you know, consumer facing or even business facing, that can somehow use the basic plan only to to make a product? No, they basically call it the, the basic plan. They said officially that it is for you know students and hobbyists. So okay. it's clear, it's not suitable for any business that needs to scale. It's, it's not usable at all. So which, 
what student or hobbyist will pay 100 bucks per month to have like a limited access to to Twitter? I don't know. Um, probably no one, but I suppose that they think that you can create an application that you can use for for your own usage, right? So you, Tiago, mm -hmm. you want to build something around Twitter. Yeah. You want to be more productive. It, only you can use that application. In that case, probably with the new limitations, you will be able to do something. Got it. So it goes from 100 bucks per month to the enterprise level that starts at 42k. Now, at the moment, you're making, I think, with Hivoe around like 2k mm -hmm. MRI, right? Yes. Um, so obviously, the 42k <laughs> makes no sense. There are some companies, right? Big companies that are willing to pay the 42k per month, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least they say they are, uh, which are, I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't even know others, like what, Buffer? Yeah, uh, Hot Hotsuite, yeah. So if they're willing to pay that, how are they willing to pay that? that? That part I don't understand. Like, how is this viable for any other business? Well, that's because, for instance, Buffer and Hootsuite, they are they support different platforms. Okay. And maybe for them, I mean, they're making enough revenue to be being able to pay that amount. It probably for them is strategical enough to support also Twitter. Also because consider that from now on, the competition is going to be um, reduced, to be, to be lower, right? Because right. Because you, you have less and less tools that are going and products that are going to be integrated with Twitter. Mm -hmm. So the few products that are going to support Twitter will have a huge demand, probably. So mm -hmm. for them, it's a yeah. very good investment to pay those 42K dollars per month. And they will get probably a ton of new new users that are looking for solutions, you know, to schedule tweets, to be efficient uh, and productive on Twitter and so on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are tools that we... So if... Maybe to explain here to the to the people listening, because I, it, it was really hard to explain to my partner and, and to my friends this, because a lot of people, they just use Twitter as a normal social media, right? So they don't understand, like, why do you need such a tool? Like, why do you need a tool to schedule tweets, right? So I think for us, um, Indie Hackers, we use this tool. We use Twitter for two things. First of all, for fun. Yes, for fun, to meet people, uh, to connect with friends. That's how we connected, right? You and me. Um, but we also use it as well as a marketing channel, right? Like we are quote unquote influencers or trying to be influencers, you know, uh, I guess for you, you have a, already 5k or 8k followers. So it's quite, quite a good chunk, but I have like 2k, so it's not huge, but it's still, it makes a dent because I'm able to bring traffic from, to my, to my products. And, and to do that, we invest a lot of our time with Twitter. We take it somehow professionally, right? So Every day, we, we need to tweet something. We need to engage with people so that we can grow our audience. Doing that without any tool, it's, it's, it's not impossible, but it would take a lot of our time, right? So that's why we need tools like Hive.OE, we need tools like FeedHive, uh, because it helps us to interact with Twitter with a more professional level, right? Um, so with that said, of course, that if I intend to continue with Twitter, I need to find a replacement. Like if I, I cannot use FitHive anymore or Hiveway anymore, I don't know if there's any replacement for Hiveway, by the way, but for FitHive there is, I need to find a solution. So of course that for these payment big companies, it's great because they suddenly will have an influx of users, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Do you have any idea if with if the enterprise level would be sufficient for Hivoe at 40k per month? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. Yeah, they should have higher limits definitely. So the enterprise level was present even before this change on the on the, you know, the creation of the basic plan. Mm -hmm. And it allowed you to get I don't know millions of tweets something like that. Uh it's something I I never investigated on. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure that uh, you can do a lot of stuff with the enterprise plan. Okay. What do you think? Do you think there is any plan around this? Like, do you, 
Can you somehow empathize with Twitter's plan or Elon's plan? Can you understand, you know, why is this happening? Well, I, I think that, I don't know, the official, the official version is that uh, Elon wants to, um, to fight against bots, okay? So with bots, you can create a lot of spam on, on a platform and you can send automated messages that are not... Um, you know, not genuine, not not from from a person, but they just want to to spam around. You know, there's a lot of uh, crypto things that are that are spamming around, which um, is something that I've never personally it, that never really affected me. I don't know if it's because of my little indie bubble on Twitter, but I don't see that many bots. Do you? No, not so many. Just maybe ten or twenty DMs. Uh, saying something strange about uh, yeah i received some Wait. some dms but but that's it but not but a month a, a day or a year no 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 a month a month I yeah say. yeah something yeah. completely reasonable this is one of the of the reasons probably the second one i can think about is that with this move they're probably gone gonna make i don't know just um, I just suppose are just projections, maybe one million a month. I don't know mm -hmm. something like that. So more revenues that before were were not present. Yeah. And the third thing is that um, the 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 load on their on their servers probably is gonna drastically reduce because before you had I don't know let's say random numbers, but. 1,000 uh, applications working on Twitter and fetching data, all those yeah. indie hackers' products. From now on, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Do you so, think that? I don't think that will impact. Will that impact? I don't I think mean, either, but can be one of the the, the elements. Uh, I mean, in comparison with the traffic they have on Twitter, I, I don't think that would be an issue. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's definitely that's, that's crucial. But but I'm able to find any any other reasons, to be honest, for this kind of. Um, New, new decision they put in place. I cannot justify this. I, I really cannot justify this. I mean, it's killing small companies to favor big companies. I mean, this is like pure capitalism, pure evil, <laughs> in my opinion, right? Yeah, it looks so. It looks so. It's not very, it's not very fair, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've been feeling really down and really sad about this as i was telling like yeah i also think can this happen to me with my projects but i know you since the beginning you know like i know you since you're at like zero uh mrr and i know a lot of a lot of other members like i mean you were sponsoring the podcast feed hive sponsored the podcast and these are tools that i genuinely like to use um and and you you were growing i just want to like explain to people why this affects our community so much uh, so you are growing for, was it like two years? Almost like a little bit less than two years, right? Yeah, one, one year and a half. Something. One year and a half. And you had two tools, by the way. It's not only, we're only talking about Hiveway, but you also had inboxes. Both of them require the usage of the API. And it, it's like you are working, you have your side, main gig, and you're on the side. You have been working on this shit for like for one year and a half. And... With all the extra hours you are putting into this, and you find and your goal, and you've been telling this for a long time, my goal, Tiago, is to uh, be able to quit my job and focus 100% on my projects. And for that, I would need around 2k, 3k MRR. That would give me a comfortable, put me in a comfortable situation. And you were reaching that, <laughs> right? You were like literally reaching that point. You just reached 2k or to something k. You're reaching that, and then you fucking wake up to this news with like for everyone that, that is not aware of this like there was not the communication is super poor it's like it's not like they explain to and explain the reasons no they just suddenly release these api prices without any justification sorry i'm getting a little bit too worked up here but how, how can you ex explain like describe how you felt <laughs> when you first found out yeah, I was I was shocked. So the first reaction was shocked. I think I wasn't able to sleep the the night after the the announcement. Yeah. And yeah, super frustrating because I mean, 
I was super aware of the platform risk. I also was aware that even without this announcement, they could have um, shut down my application from one day to another. Everything is possible, right? Mm -hmm. But I couldn't imagine that they could have done something like this. So, um, yeah, super frustrating because I spent, as you as you said, one year and a half and was reaching the goal and so on. And now my MRR is going to zero. So this means that they need to start from scratch. So um, thankfully, I'm committed enough on my on my goal to... I already started thinking uh, and started working on, on another project. Yeah. Um, that I hope is going to give good results in a reasonable amount of time. But mm -hmm. I know that it takes time. So this means that my, what they call it on my profile, my uh, road to freedom, let's say, mm -hmm. so when I'd be able to work on my own businesses, yeah. is delaying and delaying and delaying. Yeah. Uh, there are two positive facts is that during this whole journey, I learned a lot of stuff about how to yeah. build products. Mm -hmm. And uh, the audience on, on Twitter grew. So now I have almost 10K followers. So this is definitely, uh, let me call it an asset or something that um, is going to be, to be useful yeah. in the future when I'm going to start a new, a new product and launch it. So hopefully all this knowledge and experience is going to give me the, the, the skills to succeed a bit more faster mm -hmm. compared to to the past right so i mean inboxes uh mrr grew much faster than ivo mrr right yeah that's so you already gave have that example and uh i mean I, I can also attest to that i mean i've been doing this for one year and a half uh, or sorry almost two years i think like learning a lot of things and i I never really had the success that like even compared to to your products and then suddenly in one month we go from zero to, I think it's now 2,200 MRR, like it's growing every day. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm sure that you will find such a product and you will, the success, so it took you one year to, to reach something, but now it will be much, much faster. So for that, I'm sure, and I've also interviewed a lot of other makers that had a much bigger and faster growth. So with an audience like like yours and with the knowledge you have, as a talented developer, I'm sure you'll be able to to grow the next product much faster. Tell me, tell me something though. Do you think this should be legal? I know, yeah, it's a private company, a private platform, but A is a monopoly somehow. I mean, there's nothing like Twitter. I mean, there's other social media, but nothing like Twitter, I would say. And and B, they open up the API. And they never, I don't know if, if you read the terms of service in the beginning, but I, I'm sure they didn't say that they would increase the prices at some point for, I guess, I assume, I don't know. Shouldn't this be regulated somehow so that people wouldn't lose their livelihoods just because they get acquired? I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I understand there's no like real... Um, solution here and not no real good decision but in my opinion part of me thinks that like sh this shouldn't be legal you know that we should be able to create a lawsuit or something it's like hey like you either grandfather the current users or you find a price that is suitable you can close for other new users but you have like thousands of people that depend on you that bet on you and now you without any like doing this properly you're just like ruining these people's lives don't you think? What are your thoughts here? I mean, I think that what what they did is not, let's say, should not be illegal. Um, okay. But I think that there are different ways in which you can you can upgrade and modify your platform. And one definitely more fair way would be to um, to involve the users in this process and try to get feedback. Mm -hmm. And try to say how what what's a sustainable way for us. So even if the message is okay, we need to find a way to monetize the Twitter APIs much more. Okay, that's perfect. So let's think about different ways to do this. So it could yeah. be, for instance, um, pay per use um, plan, for instance. So yeah. if I use a lot of your API, I'm gonna pay a lot 
for instance. This is a way in which you can even scale uh, the business and still pay the, the platform. Mm -hmm. um, it would have been a, a more uh, fair way to, to, to modify the platform. Yeah. Or, and I wouldn't that make more sense, more money even? Like now suddenly they are losing potential paying customers, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> Absolutely, yes. Or for instance, involve the influencers. So I'm thinking about big accounts. So big accounts without the right tools to be productive and efficient, I don't know how they can stay active on the platform. Yeah. So it has an, a big impact on them as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the future of Twitter? Because first we saw this and I was, I was thinking, okay, this is crazy. And I was used to be a huge fan of Elon Musk. But I, like everyone is like, Elon is crazy. And I thought, no, he's doing great things. He's just a little bit different, but his heart is, is in the right place. And then I see this happening and I get super frustrated. And then yesterday, I opened my Twitter profile and instead of seeing the Twitter logo, I see the Dogecoin logo. I mean, what is this? <laughs> is this a joke? Yeah, I have. Uh, this is this is a, a signal that for me is even worse than the update on the APIs, because yeah. I mean, this is the signal that this is a message from Elon. This is my own platform. I can do whatever I want with this. If yeah. I want to replace the logo with a joke, I can do that. And in my opinion, this is a very unprofessional message. So I want to stay on a platform which is. Uh, you know, fair and correct with the with the users and respect them and also the image. So what they share, the values they share externally are stable. But all these things that are happening um, tells me that the situation is going to be more and more unstable rather yeah. than stable, right? The signs were there. Like when he acquired Twitter, all the jokes, he came up with the sync, he fired a lot of the teams. But we kind of ignored it and thought, no, it's Elon, he's doing things, uh, it's marketing. But th the more time goes on, the more I, I genuinely think that maybe there's something wrong with him, like mentally, you know? <laughs> like it's actually a possibility for me at the moment because wh who would do this? Like get a platform that is used for by millions of people or billions, I don't know, and they would, uh, and they would suddenly just uh, replace the logo? And add the Dogecoin and do this kind of stuff and increase the prices. It, it's, uh, I don't know, like, I fear as well for the future of Twitter. Even if I co continue using it, even if you continue using it, I fear that it might be that Twitter won't be here to last. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's, it's very strange because Elon is not used to these kind of things with the other companies like SpaceX uh, or Tesla. They are, I mean, they have a good communication in general, right? So I don't understand why he's doing all of this stuff with with Twitter, with a social media platform. Yeah. I've heard that he was doing some weird stuff with Tesla recently as well. I mean, at least I've seen some people commenting that, but I didn't really dig in into what's happening. So just to conclude here, I would I would like to understand like what what are your next steps for Ivoe and 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 for uh, inboxes? Like you you currently have users i guess some of them paid the whole year uh some of them still have are paying monthly mm. what wh what is going through your mind like after the, that shock and not being able to sleep uh what did you try to do uh to somehow circumvent this situation yeah so the first thing is that um, it's not suitable to use the enterprise plan so the second okay. option that evaluate is that the possibility to sell the, the two products to bigger products that I can afford to pay the enterprise plan. Uh, right. But I don't know, because I've seen that some of those also big, big products has been um, suspended today. I hope this is something temporary. But I mean, considering how unstable is the situation at the moment and that at the end of the month, they're going to apply the new rules of, of the Twitter API. Mm -hmm. What I would do is that by the mid of this month of April, I will just take a decision that most likely will be to shut down both products, probably. Um, 
and just the customer that that have um, monthly subscription it will be cancelled or mm-hmm. the others on the annual plan I will try to refund as much as, as much as possible all, all, all the people with uh, another plan is that is that even possible for you like are you going to lose a lot of money like I don't know. I still need to to make the evaluations and see what's what's possible to do, even with the platform, the the, the payment processor that I have. Mm-hmm. One uh, is it like I, I've seen a few options as well. Um, for instance, FeedHive they are trying to allow you to bring your own key. Uh, is that an option for you? Mm, no, it's not an option anyway because you're you're not able anyway to to make all those requests that you are supposed to do. So it would be a completely different and super limited service. That's not so suitable. even for my if I was if I would acquire the hundred bucks per month yeah. key and use it in, on Hivoe, this wouldn't allow me to use Hivoe just for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, how did you? So you, you try to, I guess you mentioned that you're trying to sell to other companies. And uh, today, today we learned that um, Tweet Hunter, for instance, was blocked. Yeah. Right. So from one day to the other, they decided to block their application. Uh, and there's a few other apps that have been also blocked. Uh, I We know that the Blackmagic might be uh, sold. So at least... Um, Tony, in this newest newsletter, shared that he is in the process of maybe selling Black Magic. Um, is it is it also possible somehow for you to try to go to this hot suite or buffer and 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 try to sell it somehow, or is it possible to, for you to get the same technology that I've been implemented in in LinkedIn or other social media platforms? Yeah, and I think that is it's definitely easier to approach um, a product and, and a company like you know Tweet Hunter, Hype Fury, these kind of companies because they have the indie hacking mindset. I'm pretty sure the companies like Buffer and Hootsuite they're so big now that probably they would be not interested in acquiring a so small so small product. This, this is still something I can try to do. I even tried to put Highboy on, uh, you know, microacquire, acquire.com. Yeah. You tried that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see if there's any kind of um, interest there. I didn't receive any any reply yet. It's less than a week, of course, but uh, didn't receive any any feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, for migrating the platform, uh, I mean, Highboy to another platform like LinkedIn and so on, for LinkedIn, I'm pretty sure it's not possible because they don't have APIs to manage the direct messages mm-hmm. unless you are a partner, um, a Microsoft partner. And another one is that other platform as well, like Instagram could be an option and so on. But this means to, I mean, still I can use the scaffolding, let's say um, maybe 30% of, of Highway can be reused, but then I need to build a lot of things from scratch. Yeah, I, I don't have time at the moment to to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. to to preserve the current customers, right, and provide a service. So anyway, it needs to be something something completely different and so on. And there's still platform risk. So at this point, is something I, I want to remove from the equation for for my stability. Let's say. How how can we ever avoid a platform risk? <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, there's always platform risk, especially nowadays in which we use cloud platforms like, you know, AWS and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and APIs, I don't know. I We use OpenAI, right, for, for yes. pod squeeze. And at the moment, OpenAI is in monopoly, which means that if they decided to shut down, increase the prices, all of that, they are screwed, you know? <laughs> yes. Or completely screwed. I don't know if there's some open open source services we can use, but I'm sure that the quality won't be this, the same, you know? I mean, that's true. That's true. Um, but there are some options, I mean, strategies you can put in place. So, for instance, you can start with OpenAI because mm-hmm. you can build your product really quickly. <clears throat> and then you see that there's traction. Maybe you can start using, just an hypothesis, I don't know even if it's possible, but you can start using 
the AI engines of generic purpose, let's say, of AWS, uh, Azure, and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case OpenAI is not uh, it's not reliable anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. So the best thing would be that you don't rely on external platforms as much as possible, um, and you try to to make value out of your product. Mm. What what is your advice for other makers at the moment that are going through the same? Uh, what what would you tell them uh, to give them a little bit of strength and maybe some tips that they can use in their own projects? I mean, um, when we started, when I started my 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 journey, and I think it's it's the same for all the for all the other indie hackers out there. Um, I think that uh, the the real energy energy was was inside me. So I am, I was, and I am still super committed um, towards my goals. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is something that no one can can steal from you on remove from your own person. Um, so I knew already that I, I I need to avoid to to give up in general on my journey even if yeah. Twitter was there, because there are, there are challenges. I heard many times that uh, mm-hmm. being an, an entrepreneur is a roller coaster, mm-hmm. and these things yeah. happen. So sometimes we, we even don't notice this, but if we have been um, em- employers, probably our companies we were working for uh, were impacted by events like this. Yeah. But we didn't notice, because we were just the employers. Yeah. And not the the entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So when you want to 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 move to something different, like being an entrepreneur, this is something you need you need to deal with. So mm-hmm. this was a big lesson for me. So to be very careful with platform platform risk, mm-hmm. and don't don't put all the efforts in one single product and and project. So also to try to di- diversify on different platforms, different technologies, different 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 things. Yeah, it's it's makes total sense, and I'm sure you also learn now a lot of important lessons on how to manage your clients, how to migrate them, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, a lot of going on in your mind. Uh, when you said yes, it's it's a roller coaster. I never thought though that this could happen. In my really like, I never thought that such a thing could happen. I know there's platform risk. But I always thought that this platform risk would make sense, you know, that I could somehow make some sense into like why something is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to increase the prices, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's it's been for free, so I mean, okay, increase the prices a little bit, you get lower margins, or you are able to manage. But to brutally kill all of these indie hackers' apps without any justification. It's just not okay. Like for me, it's not okay, and it, it goes beyond being an, an indie maker. It's just like evil, in my opinion. It's like evil. Um, but yeah, for sure, as indie makers, it's for some reason it's it's the hardest thing to do professionally. I would say so. Uh, we are resilient, and you are resilient. So, is there anything we can do <laughs> to to support? Uh, uh, be, be, besides obviously being understandable and understand that things now will take some time with Ivory and everything. Uh, is there anything we can do? No, I don't think anything in particular. Just if you want to to follow me on, on Twitter, I think I'm going to continue with my journey and share all the things that I'm doing. I'm planning, if I have the, the energies, to, um, to create my, my first newsletter. Because in this specific moment, I have a lot of things to to say about what yeah. happened and about my journey and so on. That I really want to find a way to express all the all the thoughts I have in mind. So probably I will launch a newsletter in the in the next weeks. That's that's it's a great idea, uh, and it's also a way for you to avoid platform risk, right? You can move <laughs> some of your followers. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot on that, uh, moving my followers from Twitter to somewhere else. I mean, I have the podcast. I, I have also other projects where I I have their emails and everything. But I think that's also a smart thing to do. To be honest, the way Twitter is going at the moment, that's also my advice to people: like, just start 
moving your audience to newsletters, to podcasts, to YouTube, to other platforms, because we don't know if Twitter will be here to stay. Thanks, Luca. Thanks for uh, for uh, taking the time to share your uh, this, I guess, not so good moment with the wannabe entrepreneurs. It's also important, you know? Yeah, my pleasure, Thiago. Thanks for this chat. And this was my conversation with Luca. I have to be honest with you. This was not easy. And I really appreciate Luca for taking the time to share his feelings and how he's handling the situation in such a tough time. I've had many conversations with Luca before. All of them finished in the high note. We were both energized and motivated. This one, obviously, did not finish like that. I had this feeling that he was hurting. And I totally understand. One thing is for sure, nothing is for granted. No matter how many efforts we put into eliminate all the dependencies, we cannot control everything around us. Just take COVID as an example. The startup I used to work at was completely destroyed because of COVID, because we were in the travel industry and suddenly from one month to the other, there were no traveling, no vacations, nothing. So this is really a humble experience. It shows me that even though I hopefully am now getting out of the survival mode and enjoying a little bit more the indie hacking as a job, I can, from one day to the other, just go back. And I will try the maximum I can to avoid this, but we need to be open to all possibilities. Another thing that this whole Twitter experience kind of made me realize is that our industry, the indie makers, we are still not well respected around the entrepreneurial world. I bet you if this was happening in the VC world, if this was affecting companies like Google, Uber, and so on, everyone would be talking about this and maybe, just maybe, they would go back in the API pricing. My experience so far is that no one really cares. Besides everyone in the indie hackers world, no one, no one cares. We tried sharing tweets, we tried signing an open letter, but we just don't have enough critical mass to just make a dent. I don't even think Elon knows that we exist. That makes me really sad because I really respect indie makers. I am I might be biased, but I really think that this is the ultimate ultimate way of uh, entrepreneurship. We do everything without any investment. We need to understand each part of our business, being that marketing, hiring, coding, everything. We need to control it. We need to know it. And to succeed as an indie hacker is something really, really hard. But when we do it, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's your just your first client or your first hundred bucks, that's reason for celebration. And this community really supports each other. So it's really sad. It's just really sad that people do not respect it and allow these kind of things to happen. Allow one man to basically destroy the dreams and hopes of thousands of makers. I hope that this changes and I will continue to put my efforts into changing the perspective of indie hacking because it's something that I'm truly passionate about. It's really the way I like and want to live my life for uh, for the rest of my days. So, yeah, that's that's it for today's episode. We end in this episode with a kind of lower note, which I don't like leave, leaving things like this, but I think it's important. It's important because now you... And myself will take some time to reflect and think, how can we make things better? My heart goes to all the Twitter makers, everyone that has been spending their days building something around Twitter. Thank you. Thank you because you made my experience with this platform much, much better. That's the end of today's episode. If you want to support the podcast, make sure to join the WB community. It's a Slack-based community. It's not Twitter. And you pay 10 bucks per month and you get to meet other amazing makers and to support this podcast. This was another wannabe entrepreneur 
See you next time.